Good morning and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work for more of us. I'm Rhonda Brighton Hall, co-founder and CEO of Moi. And this morning I am absolutely delighted to be joined by one of my favorite people, uh, a very beautiful man called Dade Bailey, who I met at CVA. Um, and I could wax on about Dade for ages. And I'm going to do that, but first say hello. Hi guys, <laughs> nice to be here on a Monday morning. Post Mardi Gras, nice and fresh. Very surprised. <laughs> you look great for Monday morning after Mardi Gras. Well, I know. And I was at the gym this morning, I think. So something's obviously gone wrong. <laughs> so Dade is famous for a couple of things. Like he's famous for being Pride Diversity Champion of the Year in 2013, which is a huge honour. Um, but equally, for those of us who know your work, um, your career so far and your expertise in change management and large-scale organisational change management is absolutely phenomenal. Thanks. And, and having seen how you navigated um, the Pride LGBTI agenda, you applied amazing levels of change management expertise to that as well, and that's why you've got such amazing progress, I'm quite sure. Mm. So tell us about your career so far. Um, well, my career... Ironically, was born. I started at IBM, so oh. years and years ago. I Tech stopped. guy. I, I, I secretly <laughs> am. Um, I don't let people know that too well. But yeah, I worked at IBM for seven years in the UK. Oh, wow. But then, good, good training. It was such good training. Like, I went in as a contract manager, so I was looking after the contracts of what they were doing. Then I got went into, like, project management kind of thing, which is where I'm very disciplined in. I have a project. I've got times and deliveries, and I've got to meet them. <laughs> And then did some more into event management as well for them. So for me, that was a kind of a natural way for me to step stone into change management. I didn't know what I needed to do, but when I was doing events, um, it kind of gave me that logistics of uh, getting people into training and things like that. Um, And then I left the UK and went traveling. When I arrived in Australia, I did um, uh, event planning for a company called Phenomenon, amazing company in Perth. And they had, I did events for them, but they also did weddings. So I was a wedding planner for a bit as well. Oh, really? I know, right? <laughs> Very diverse <laughs> career move. But when I actually came from Perth over to Sydney, um, I started as a six-week contract um, in tra- and then training events. So starting to do that, which then kind of then got my interest into doing more facilitation, training and building out national programs and rolling out what we, do you remember Marty Cohen? Yeah. Marty Cohen, the five steps. Yeah, so, so you were part of that. I was part of that, rolling that out across. Which is very systemic, large-scale change management. It is. Like a machine. It is like a machine, and it was able, we had to roll it out nationwide, which is where then I started to get the the opportunity to do large-scale change and rolling things out as well. Yeah, so we want to talk about two things. One is uh, your expertise in change and yep. the ability to run it. What are the basics of that that people are missing? Yeah. What's the most important things? And the second thing is this sense of adventure. Yeah. Because I think there's a career story in there too that you've sort of gone from the UK, yeah. that you've done all sorts of things, you've gone to Australia, yeah. and now, of course, you're seeking opportunities yeah. in the US. Let's start with the career. Let's talk about you. So yeah. talk to me about that journey. Well, for me, the, the change journey, following on from the going into training, change management then was born in CDA, and I was part of that opportunity and I became a change analyst and I was like well actually this feels like all my skills for over my career felt nicely into change management I never heard of it before but it felt like it was the way I needed to go and the very famous implementation of 1.4 billion dollars worth of technology which yes. is pretty huge the yeah. core banking system and that's and look there's a lot of kind of 
when I see big things like my viva, I see my change role as being able to help facilitate change, bring people together to talk and to make things happen and get actual things to happen. And that's where I see big problems like these technology implementations and things like that. They're just um, complex problems that need to be simplified. And that's how I see our roles as change, is that everything should be easy to deliver. You just need to make it understandable for somebody to accept change. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah so it's like, how, how can, when I've done some of the big ones, it's like, well, it shouldn't be too hard to be able to deliver these things into the organisation. Yeah. How can we, obviously it's not working the ways that you've done it before. How can we make it simplified? And how do you make the complex messages simple for people? And how do you do that? How do you make complex things simple? What do you, what do, you do? For me, look, looking at change management, going back to your question over the core skills of what things like that, always think about that end user and going, well, how somebody, how, how would you like to receive that change? Yep. How would you actually like to hear about this and what would make you excited about it? A lot of people forget that to help people change because of their behavior overall, you need to help them build the desire to want it. So how would you want to receive some of these changes? I think one of the best case studies I've ever used was when they introduced Opal here. Yeah. If you think around, when you think around, that was a large scale change that they did because you had so many different areas you needed to build. So the, the public transport card. Yeah. So you had to engage all the, the train people, the bus people, the light rail people. So that was a massive engagement piece, which people forget. But then how they delivered it to the end user, they gradually introduced the travel card. It didn't say it was mandatory, you could still use your old bus tickets, and then they start doing a lot more advertising everywhere. And that's all change management, visually yeah. seen. And that's how sometimes I help people understand the value of change, because it didn't feel like it was pushed on you. Yeah, and even though that was a really interesting story, because it was it, the Opal card actually created an increase in use of public transport just pre-COVID. Exactly. But um, that was phenomenal because we started to go, oh, it's easy. Yeah. And that, they made <laughs> it sound easy. And I think when we think of change management as a whole, if you don't make it sound easy, people won't do it. Yeah. If it feels onerous, if it feels... People won't take it on. Um, and especially in the work environment, is that you've got to think is that everyone... If you're trying to bring in change that's disrupted to them, they're going to resist straight away. Yeah. And it's the how do you incorporate it into their day-to-day -day so they doesn't feel like an onerous task for them. Yeah. And I think that's where some changes fail because they just get forced upon it and everyone just goes, oh, this again. But if you get bring people on that journey and they actually want it, it's even better. So the most important thing is building receptivity and yeah. a feeling of the desire, this is easy. The desire. There's a lot around, um, with the ADCAR model, obviously, awareness, desire, knowledge, ability and reinforcement. People forget the desire and just go from awareness, hey, it's coming, and straight, oh, here's some training. And it's like, <laughs> but what, I mean, how do you drive people's behaviours? And I think in the industry at the moment, um, there's a lot of kind of people just see change management as just constant training. Yeah. But they forget about this, this behaviour part as well. And how yeah. do you keep it ongoing and embedding change? And the, the desire piece is always kind of forgotten. And then the reinforcement piece to ensure what you deliver to sticks, the sticky part. Is there an element of selling or communicating or marketing? What, what is that? From a change management perspective? Yeah. Yeah, look, you have to, you, I still have to go into organisations and tell the value of change and yeah. what your return on investment, why, why should you have change? It's I was actually on a call with one of my old colleagues. He now works for a bigger organisation internationally, which I don't think I should say that. <laughs> um, he sought my advice he's like I've still once again got lots of IT people 
and they don't believe in change and he's like they won't approve any budget for change because they don't see the value in it and he's like he's seeking advice on how I converted him and it was that we have to keep you have to keep saying the message why it's important but also showing your value and showing the return on investment and you can show them a change curve of what people go through as many times as you like but actually showing the impact that you have had as a person to deliver that project is where they see value and especially when you don't they don't people start to use something from day one they don't feel disruptive that's the value that you need to show straight when, off the interesting question um when you start managing a large scale change yeah. do you assume that you'll win over most people no <laughs> <laughs> What, what do you think you'll get? Because I think that's a really interesting philosophy. Right? Yeah, look, I always, um, whenever I talk about uh, how we absorb change and the different kind of things, I always I have about five different categories in my head. Right. Like There's those, there's those who will be just committed 100% straight away. Yeah. So I'm like, got you. And right. they're committed already. They're committed. <laughs> I could ask them to do anything and they'll be like, yeah. There's those who are just a bit like, yeah, look, I'm a bit supportive. I got that. So I'm like, they're okay. And then the next three I kind of have is that those who are, undecided and sit in the middle on yeah. the fence yeah. and you kind of go well I don't know how you're thinking you might be saying nodding to me but in the back of your head you might know I've got some questions work. yeah <laughs> then you've got the ones who are just like running away from it they just don't want anything to do it hand uh, head in sand kind of thing but then you've got those who are opposed yeah and it's those gonna fight you yeah and then I'm, I'm always like I need to find those people quick because if I win those over those guys. Wow, okay, so you actually, that's one of the groups you start with. Yeah. So take the guys who are like, yay. Yeah, so my, my always my two folks are the ones who are just like sitting on the fence because it's like, oh, are you going to be on my side or not? And those who are opposed, because the, the ones who are opposed to change, it's not that they don't want it, it's because they, they they've seen things happen before that won't work. Yeah. And it's like, well, tell me what hasn't worked. Yeah. Because I don't want to do this again and I don't want you to, and sometimes they have the most beautiful bits of information around why a change won't work or how a change can be successful. Yeah. So you always try and look for those people because you don't you win those over, the change must be more successful. So even in the way you just described that, which is typical of you, <laughs> is that you've just described even the group that's going to fight you, yeah. they're your friends. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and they have something of value, yeah. good to listen to, great questions. Yeah, and yeah, they... They, whilst sometimes they will still resist you, but at least they had a chance to talk. And normally it's just that airing of going, this has happened to me before, this won't work because of this. It's like taking that information back to the program or project and going, yeah. this thing is, saves a lot of time. Because otherwise these guys, the opposed guys will just be like, I told you so. You didn't listen to me. Yeah. So always find them. That's one of my tips is the, always look out for them. The difference between your approach to change and winning people over, influencing them, is so different than sometimes you see a change manager they're like, I know the answer to this. I'm very clever and I'm right. Yeah. So let me tell you about it. I don't like <laughs> As opposed to you're going, I'm really open and bring on the whole audience and let's see how we can win them over. And that's, if you, if you go in thinking you know everything, I, I'm just like, one of my uh, first group execs at the Commonwealth Bank, Barbara, um, her group exec of HR, she, um, she used to say, I don't pretend to know everything. I just surround myself with very intelligent people to help me understand. <laughs> and I, in change, I'm like, it's I'm good not, advice. Yeah, but I'm not, I don't see myself as the expert in anything. I'm like, that's your job. And I say, I'm, my role is to help facilitate and bring people together to talk. Not control. Not control. Like, I never go in thinking this is going to be the best thing. And I was also it's like, will this work for you? Tell me wh where it will fail. Because that's how you're going to learn so, all the time. So you're also, you're also a man who has achieved great change 
and uh, social change as well as, yeah. as business change. Uh, and then you're a person who likes change yourself. So yeah. talk to us about why you're suddenly going, I need to be in the US. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of people at the moment going, maybe not the US right now. No, I know. <laughs> and I do have a lot of people going, really? <laughs> and as I've been, I've waited a year to move. And through that time, because part of me also is like going through that. I was like, why did I want to go to the US? And I, I purposely went traveling around there to see where I could live and things like that. But the scale of change that I can go and do there, yeah, it's just nothing what well, I can get here. Like I'm talking global rollouts of big companies. Like I just look at it, but that excites me. Yeah. Like the opportunity to go in these big global companies and help them do change management at that scale, it just blows my mind and it just makes me go, give me. Yeah. I did, I did have a funny experience because I, as you know, I, I lived in Europe and then I lived yeah. in, in Chicago. And uh, I remember when we met, we actually went into, I went into the bank and you were already there. But it's uh, the, in the bank, they kept saying, we're a very big company, we're very complica- complicated. And I had come from a company that was three times the size and when we worked and we worked in change, we worked in 16 languages. Yeah. And so that was expected. Yeah. <laughs> we had a machine around that. Yeah. And it was interesting to see a company that's working in one language. Yeah. I know. <laughs> where most people were in Sydney. Yeah. And, and they're like, oh, we're so big. And it's like, yeah, actually, you're not. Like, and big, big by standards. Yeah. Big by standards. But I, it's it's the, the scale of what I can do. And also, I think there's a lot of... I think they're a bit behind in what they can deliver as well in like technology, like the banking system over there is very not as advanced as it is here. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. So, and those kind of opportunities don't come often. And look, I'm I'm in my forties. I think of my career for the next ten years. I always have like a five ten year plan, and I see myself going far in that company over in the states because I just want to be able to help because. The, the, the people skills that come with change management, I think everyone should have, and I think there's an opportunity for me to do well. What are the people side. skills? I've been able to listen. Yep. Facilitate. Yep. And really go, why, like, understanding where, going, well, what, hang on, you just, you said you weren't happy with that, why was that? And listening to what the person's needs are. Yeah. And also not being able to upset people from because uh, everyone has their own individual values and needs yeah and if you don't understand where they're coming from you're not going to be able to deliver any change so it's actually making sure your people listen if i if i'm sitting here at the beginning of my career yeah and i say dad you've done a brilliant job of becoming a change master mm-hmm. um what would what would you tell me to consider what would be the natural things i needed and what would be the path i need to the lessons i need to learn experience um well you're never going to be able to please everyone, right? You, ne- you never like if you're pe- if you want to please a hundred percent of people, it's never going to happen. Not you will happen. still always have people who are just like, I don't like it or just it's not their jam. Yeah, and you also need to consider how people different people work. Yeah, like you have people who are very task orientated or people who are just like just go like find the work styles to you got to match their work style. If somebody just prefers to go, here's five things you need to do work with that so it's just you've got to find the groove with the people yeah and so it's like making sure you understand who you're talking to which is great um also make sure you, you go back to the basics of change management in the sense of it's there's a lot of core skills that people forget over making sure you've done your engagement properly who you need to engage and why yep and then so like a stakeholder map absolutely like <laughs> and yep. making sure that you don't just get pigeonholed into just, oh, you've got to send some comms and some 
and do some training at the end, that you're the last bit that happens. Because as change managers, I find that you need to have a conversation right up front. Yep. And when you're writing business cases and that, it's like, what's the people side here? What's the people outcomes? That what? D you spoke about. How do we build design? How do, How do we create design? receptivity? Yeah. And that's going back to those basics, which sometimes people forget. And just they go, oh, once we've turned on the technology, your, your job starts there. And it's like, no, my job started right at the beginning around why you want to do this for people. Yep. And it's interesting having those conversations at a kind of executive level as well. It's the, they're like, oh, I just want this bit of technology. And it's like, well, what's broken? What are you trying to fix? Oh, I just like this bit of technology. It's like, well, does your business really need it then? Or is it just that you want it? So people reverse engineer sometimes. People so you said the approach that you've taken is very much like human-centered design. Absolutely. Before we put the jargon around it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's really like, because some of the change... And you pro- learned that in wedding planning. Yeah, <laughs> wedding planning. Yeah, I, I, and seven years in IBM. Small well, thing. I know the the wedding planning was a side thing, but yeah, it just gave me a lot of people skills because you have to also. That's where just talking of wedding planning just makes me dealing with like obviously you've got a bride who's very passionate about her wedding, and you've got the groom who's hopefully just as passionate. But it's also you have to just listen to their needs and what they needed to do, and really go, yes, that sounds great, cool, and how. Sometimes you had to work through resistance because they were like, oh, that's going to cost you $10,000 and how you deliver those messages. So yeah. it was interesting. Same skills. Same skills. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listening, building receptivity, yeah, creating a, desire. You do want the swans. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think my career, I can see where I want to take my career overall and it's to build... Um, great change management is a great skill for everybody to have and I think more people leaders need it around how they need to manage like if they're going to introduce change into their teams do they consider impacts yeah. people impacts like people don't consider when they do reorgs the people change doesn't always go as well as what it could yeah um, that's very true it's so true and they usually leave it to too long that's a that's actually a really big piece. We we spend a lot of time with companies that are going. We need to transform. I'm like, you could just move yourself to where you need to be. Just yeah. normal change. Transform is so dramatic. It's so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> people get exhausted by the word before they start the work. And I think sometimes it's the people forget. I know they're in business and that businesses have to change and adapt and things like that. Yep. But you also need to think there's a human being here who has a, a family or needs outside, and it's like make sure you're thinking of their needs as well. And they've often spent like 5, 10, 20 years building whatever there is there now. Mm. And you come along and go, no, 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 we need to transform because it's all hopeless. Mm. And you go, well, I've just spent 10 years building that I know. hopeless thing. <laughs> There's something emotional about that, isn't yeah. it? So you, and yeah. So Being always, respectful of people's legacy and what they've contributed already. Yeah. It's really weird, yeah, because a lot of people just forget that that person still needs to pay for their job and things like that. Yeah, they still got a life. Still have a life. Dave Valley, absolutely delightful to speak to you, always is. Awesome. Um, and that's, you make change management, which is one of the hardest things any organisation can do and any leader can do and any person can do. You always make it sound so simple, right yeah. down to their very, very human skills, which is very much who you are. <laughs> so thank you so much for talking to us. Wish you every success in the US. Thank you. Very excited. Two weeks <laughs> till I go. Yeah. Um, and if you want to see uh, more about change or more about anything that we're doing here, you can get in touch with us at team at y.live um, or sign up for our free newsletter, which comes out every second Friday. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Good luck.